0: Hello and welcome to season three of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary. I can't believe we're still doing this.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm teach And what what could possibly stop us, Mary?
0: I don't know at this point. I honestly don't know. And I wonder sometimes. times. Season three, wow, it is really kicking it up a notch.
1: Mary, we are cooking with grease this season. We are firing on all cylinders.
0: Oh my God. And speaking of fire, I don't know about you, but I think there may be some explosive plot twist coming our way? Hmm.
1: Did you say explosive? Yeah, we this gonna... place about to blow. Are we going to get sued? <laughs>
0: have the money,
1: please don't sue us. They can take all the royalties, we don't make any money. Because you know what? There's no real, there's no real sponsors. But each week we're going to have a couple fake ones.
0: We sure will, and you're going to learn all about them coming up now. On the Melrose Place Cast. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place Cast. Today we're talking about season three, episode 11 The Days of Wine and Vodka. I wonder who mm. that's referring to. I'm Mary.
1: I'm Teach. They're talking about Allison.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> She's developing a drinking problem.
0: Boy, is she ever.
1: <laughs> She's, listen, she knows how to do it.
0: Well, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin.
1: Here's the question, right? So we know Melrose Place played a pivotal role in society and American culture in the 90s. Sure. Do you think the character of Allison Parker is the reason that the good and let's say sober people that go to UW in Madison got the reputation of being alcoholics?
0: I think this show is single-handedly to blame for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It had no basis in reality before this.
1: They, you know, what I remember about the people from, that went to UW, uh, so studious.
0: Oh, the studying that was going on, I'm sure.
1: So academia-aided.
0: Not, not like at those other state schools.
1: <laughs> hey, don't come for me.
0: I went to a state school. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, but you cross the river. I crossed okay. the
0: border, but...
1: <laughs> I forget. That river should go all the way up. It should go all the way up. All the, the, way the Mississippi up? River I'm talking about. The good people need to know. The Mississippi River, it makes no sense that it doesn't start in Lake Superior.
0: Well, it just doesn't. I mean, <laughs>
1: how much... <do> <laughs> but but it should.
0: Do you remember that time? I think we were there. Someone was talking about the Mississippi River and uh, I said it wasn't all that big of a deal. <laughs> And everybody started yelling at me.
1: Yeah, because you're that's not funny.
0: It was really funny. Everybody got really mad.
1: The Okie dokie brothers (laughs) sing a whole CD about it.
0: Oh god, we're still talking about the Okie dokie brothers.
1: What yours it listen, our good listeners, uh I have something to uh, to plug for them. You should go Google right now Okie dokie brothers and listen to that music. (laughs) It's on YouTube. It's worth it.
0: I mean, if you have a child in the house, maybe.
1: Second thing to plug for good listeners. uh, If you go to com, there are funny cards. You'll get a discount if you use promo code MELROSE. And he wants me to tell you, if you add in the comments that we sent you, he'll give you an extra special gift.
0: Oh, my God. That's so cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because he told me that, yes, they have had people use it. Yes, he's thrilled that we put it on the podcast for him. He's just some small business guy that's making sarcastic, smarmy, shitty cards. Shitty, like, shitty attitude. They're good cards.
0: They're wonderful cards. I've received many from someone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, from me. But (laughs) I said, would you ever consider making Melrose Place cards? And he said, are you ready for this? Yeah, I hope so. No, that's not our demographic. (laughs) well maybe it
0: is
1: (laughs) however and then he added however I didn't think Golden Girls was our demographic and that's one of our best selling cards now (laughs)
0: well I like to imagine we're driving some traffic there that might like both of those shows
1: yes I think so Uh, the gays and our friends but here's (laughs) the thing if you use promo code Melrose and type in that we sent you like that increases the odds of getting some genuine new Melrose Place content into the universe
0: Oh my god and then really our work is done and we can stop
1: nope still four more seasons also podcast news
0: oh good okay
1: you know i listen to the others
0: yes you
1: make, uh, no. i have two things from the discussion of episode 10 uh from the other podcasts okay Again, with this pointed out, do you remember when Bruce Teller was dancing so hard that he had a heart attack?
0: <laughs> I will never forget.
1: <laughs> He's rocking and rolling. He is dancing so hard and then suddenly grasps his chest.
0: <laughs> it was very dramatic.
1: Very dramatic. Uh, they point out accurately, I didn't realize this in the moment, everyone around him is slow dancing. <laughs>
0: I did that either. I was excited by his dancing.
1: As soon as I tell you this, you'll remember Amanda and Peter, like we're like at a prom dance, looking into each other's eyes when Even they turned over.
0: They left enough room for the Lord though, between them. That's the important thing.
1: <laughs> they will always take a threesome.
0: <laughs> you know what? The Lord deserves some fun. All
1: right. Uh, and then here's a theory uh, from our good friends, Dan and Jenny at the Melrose Place podcast. Can't believe we didn't think of this, Mary. Okay. They think Peter was responsible for that heart attack. Really? Slips him a little something in his old drink.
0: Oh, I mean, maybe. I mean, based on what we're going to see of Peter in the coming weeks, that makes mm-hmm. it possible. I never yeah. thought. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay. One last thing that I think is important for our listeners to know. Okay. Stick with me. This is a journey. Are you ready?
0: I'm buckled in.
1: Okay. So as you know, I'm in a volleyball league. I do sports.
0: I forgot about that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I
1: wear kind of gym shorts and a t-shirt to go do the bumping set.
0: Do you have knee pads?
1: No, not for this. And then... Nope. Okay. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And then, (laughs) so I was wearing like the aqua teal bluish shirt with outlines of mountains on it. Okay. Someone walked up to me. Do I know her name? No. Shelly. Uh, we'll call her Shelly. She said, that shirt really brings out your eyes. Oh, God. Mary, the people need to know about my beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you care to tell them?
0: They're wonderful. <laughs> They're so beautiful. <laughs>
1: When I wear the right color blue shirt, like it pops my eyes something fierce. I mean, fierce. For,
0: like any color of anyone's eyes if they wear a shirt that <laughs> matches. Yes. Saying.
1: Listen, I, you know, there's some people that have the eye color that's like a little greenish, a little brownish, right? I always, it reminds me of the interior of pig intestine. I've never heard anyone say, like, oh, your baby poop colored shirt really pops your eyes out.
0: Wow, you're really coming for the people who don't have blue eyes, which in this moment in our culture is maybe (laughs) not. Fuck you,
1: fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Just earlier in a recording, which will maybe drop as a special episode, you, not me, you uh, referred to me as uh, similarly to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And now you're going (laughs) to say this.
0: Uh, I don't know if the sarcasm came across earlier, but let me clarify. (laughs)
1: well mary here's what let me tell you something i'm not sarcastic about Mm -hmm. this episode the days of wine and vodka with such a eloquent title is high art for the generations
0: oh is it now Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i look forward to learning about what you've got cooked up this week (laughs) i've got
1: three quotes for you okay quote one Jane lacks that slutty quality you have in spades.
0: <laughs> That's a good
1: one. That was Australian.
0: Yeah, you're really nailing it.
1: Next quote. Let's not forget the $40,000 in medical school loans.
0: <laughs> oh my God, the price of higher ed. Forgive them
1: le- <laughs> Hashtag these loans won't cancel themselves. <laughs> and lastly... Why don't you just tell them I'm having dinner with my lover?
0: Oh, I thought that one might come up.
1: <laughs> of course. Listen, there's, a, there's an artistic gay point. I'm taking it.
0: All right. I have noticed
1: you always concede those points to me. What? You always concede those points to me. You always say, like, yeah, okay.
0: Well, I got to let you have something. I mean, the season three is pretty rough for you. So.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> there is um, a development... With Sydney, Jake, Jane, and Chris. Christopher? Chris? I
0: Chris. I think he's a Chris.
1: Yeah. Chris from JCPenney.
0: Well, he's shopping over there, JCPenney. He's he's getting there before the store closes. Well he's using the
1: coupon. So Jake is there uh, working No, he's not working, he's owning it at shooters. And uh Mr. Black shows up with a deal to offer Jake. For the low, low price of $1,000 a month, some protection.
0: Yeah, it's a bargain.
1: Weird to me, because my days in the clubs back then, protection was just in a fishbowl for the taking, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, Jake tells Mr. Black to, he says, you go back to your boss and tell him I wouldn't give him a quarter for the parking meter. Oh,
0: sick burn, Jake.
1: I didn't catch the burn aspect of that burn, though.
0: I don't. I mean, it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, like parking wasn't the problem. These, these guys are probably biking, right?
0: Yeah, they're riding their their bikes up.
1: They're anyway, up. Jake is taking out the trash. Symbolism, and then he gets jumped by Mister Black and some friends. Sydney rushes out to to like come to Jake's rescue, make sure he's feeling okay. The guys run away and this is the part that's weird to me i think the storyline of the writers didn't work well because as sydney rushed out to to come to jake's aid one of the jumpers i actually think it was mr black uh eyed her up like he recognized her Mm -hmm. and i believe we were supposed to believe that he just realized oh i know this woman
0: oh okay Okay. Uh,
1: whereas later, it, it looks like this this whole thing was a setup. But um, anyway, Mr. Black has Jake jumped. And Mr. Black comes to Melrose Place and surprises Sydney, who's that happy to see him.
0: No. No, she's not.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Black offers to trade uh, Sydney sleeping with his boss, and he will leave Jake alone. Oh. <sighs> I don't want to... I know we've plugged two things already, Mary, and I don't want to plug a third thing. But Sydney might benefit from reading Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal.
0: God.
1: Be- because this is a bad news situation and it's a deal that Sydney can never enforce. There's no contract here. She could sleep with a boss and they could still beat up Jake
0: That's true. That's true.
1: I... I'm just saying I don't think these guys are on the up and up. You don't think so? Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Mr. Black specifically said, you don't do my boss's friend? Jake Hansen will meet a little industrial accident.
0: Oh, I've seen movies about those. in Shop class.
1: Now let me ask you this, Mary. Do you think Sydney should have gone through with it?
0: Like in in the context of the show or like yeah. in real life?
1: Yeah, like I mean the show is real life. This is art. So <laughs> you got um, some you've got someone who's already beat him up and saying, I'm gonna do worse unless you sleep with my boss's friend.
0: I mean in the context of the story and it being a soap opera, yes. You know, in real life I could see how she could be coerced into it because trying to protect Jake.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: don't, I don't, what do you think?
1: <laughs> Listen, I believe, let me just reflect the question back to make sure I'm understanding. Okay. You're you're asking, would, would I be blackmailed into sleeping with Chris Marchette? The answer is yes. Yes, I would.
0: <laughs> I don't think you'd have to be blackmailed all that hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nope. I don't think so either. Anyway, Sydney goes to the hotel. So she's gonna, she's gonna do it. Um, and turns out Chris is a mobster, and Chris is the boss's friend.
0: Well, I think he's the boss, isn't he?
1: Is he- he's the boss or the boss's friend. I'm not sure. And he says oh, he came right. after he came after Jake because Jake punched him, and so he now he's done this. And Chris says specifically, "I've gone through a lot of trouble to organize all this mischief."
0: Yeah, he did say. Yeah, you're right.
1: And Sydney crying says, why are you doing this? And Chris says, Jane Lex, that slutty quality you have in spades.
0: Your your Australian accent is really something.
1: <laughs> I, listen, it's coming along. It's coming along. Now, is it as well-developed and fully formed as these gorgeous blue eyes? I can't say. Who am I to say? I,
0: I, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know anymore. Um, uh.
1: Anyway, it's high art for the generations um, because, because I believe that there's a certain uh, class of heterosexual gentlemen that wants uh, a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. And that is the.
0: What? You know how I have a weakness for rhymes? You're exploiting it. <laughs>
1: A lady in the streets and a freak in the sheets is what Chris Marchette is after. It's, it's, it is the Madonna whore complex situation playing out. There's things he wants to do sexually that he just does not feel appropriate doing with the mother of his children. We've, we've seen this in other high art shows such as um, analyze this with Billy Crystal. Was that Billy Crystal? I don't know. (laughs) With Robert De Niro as the monster that needs a psychiatrist.
0: Oh, I don't remember that but Holy shit Mary. I was busy watching the Ross probably.
1: <laughs> probably. Anyway, that's that's my argument. Did I win you over?
0: No, I was actually going to bring this up as one of my trashy points.
1: This this storyline?
0: One of the chances. <laughs>
1: Tell me why. Uh,
0: all right. I called it if Jake won't shell out for security, he could at least shell out for Humster Dumpster to make his trips to the alley more enjoyable.
1: Humster Dumpster.
0: <laughs> dumpster. Uh, I won't repeat all the stuff. I will say the the storyline starts by Jane trying to get Sydney to go home to Chicago with her for Thanksgiving, which is a little out of the blue. Uh, and Sydney's like, "Hell no! Dad locked me up to the loony bin when I was here. God only knows what he'd do to me at home." Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair enough, and Jane's like, "Oh, but the family will be together," and Sydney's like, "No, and no," so she doesn't want to go. So she doesn't go. She doesn't want to see her parents ever again for the rest of her life. Uh, like you said at Shooters, the guy shows up, Mister Black. He wants Jake to pay him off for security. The guy says it'll be a thousand a month, and Jake's like, "No." Uh, again, he gets jumped the jumped out by the Humpster dumpster.
1: Um, jumpster dumpster
0: dumpster dumpster would have been a great ad Um, Sydney yeah, he bugs Sydney at the complex Uh, he remembers that she used to work for Fancy Face Uh, up the trade and that's how she can save Jake blah 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 he says they just don't make girlfriends like they used to well they don't oh god it's because all these guys just want to show you pictures of their fish that's not a euphemism, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what though, but but the the straight man listening, I believe it, records indicate two of you. Um they they really want you to know about that time they caught a fish. I
0: you know, I don't really understand. I, I was talking about this, I won't go on it because it has nothing to do with the place, but people had <laughs> that's have to... not
1: that is not our level that we stop at, Mary.
0: <laughs> um so one person that I was talking with is like, well, maybe that's like the only pictures they have of themselves. They're like, when Mm -hmm. they're fishing and I'm like, everybody has a cell phone with a camera. So no, I don't buy that. And they're like, well, maybe there's like some weird primal thing where they're like, I can provide you with fish. (laughs) I'm like, the only fish I want is a fish fillet with no cheese. Like, thank you. I'm good. Anyway, back to the story at hand. Uh, Um, yes. stuff at the hotel. It's of course, Australian Chris and, uh, He says the thing how she has a slutty quality in spades um i felt so bad about this for poor sydney like how many times was sydney's days working for fancy face come back to haunt her how many times is she gonna have to sleep with somebody to long um it's so soapy there's the, the the greasy mafia guy his goons there's a fight by a dumpster There's the big dumb reveal of Chris sitting in the shadows. Like, I'm trying to remember how long this storyline drags on. I don't think it's the whole season, but but I feel like we have a way to go. And I'm like, at least Jane wasn't in it much. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Here's (laughs) the thing if she was, would you really know from our recaps? Because we only talk about the entertaining stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was really only in one scene this week, wasn't she? Matt got (laughs) more jane that's a sign
1: you know listen i think we're gonna have to call a truce on that no one wins on the jake and sydney as art for the generations but i would like to talk about matt as high art for the generations oh go for it okay so matt uh is having dinner with his parents his dad is so proud of him yeah you know his dad he just beams with pride at matt uh not actually really but uh, matt is having lunch with his parents um and jeffrey
0: Yes, sweet Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, which I found odd, but there was this kind of unspoken tension around the table, right? Yeah, oh, sure, sure. Which I remember from the 90s, the like, okay, this is weird. We're going to pretend like this is normal. We're going to pretend like this is normal. Um, and uh, I, th- I think it was Matt asked his parents about Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Or did they ask him?
0: Um, I think Matt asked if he could bring Jeffrey.
1: That's right. And they said, of course, and that's where the tension was thicker, Mary, than butter, like straight butter, not margarine, butter, not vegan butter, but butter straight out of the fridge.
0: That's relatively thick, I guess.
1: Yeah. Listen, you don't want to spread it on a bread. You don't want to do that. You, <laughs> if, you're, if you're taking butter straight out of the fridge, you're just taking a pat of butter and biting into it on top of a roll. That's all you're doing. <laughs>
0: Fair enough,
1: fair enough. And so that's how thick the tension was. But they said, of course, of course you can uh, bring Jeffrey. Later we learn Matt tells Jeffrey that um, his parents talked to him and they want us to tell everyone at Thanksgiving that we're just good friends.
0: Oh, just like that, (sighs) they sell at the co-op, good friends.
1: Now, here's the thing, first they are good friends.
0: Very good friends.
1: Oh, oh, see, you made it weird.
0: <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
1: uh, but Jeffrey says, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I left the military for that reason. I'm standing, I'm, I am who I am, right?
0: hmm
1: Now, um, my neck hurts from the whiplash of Jeffrey's character <laughs> last season being a little fucking scaredy-cat princey little bitch. <laughs> that wouldn't even let matt say hello sailor can i buy you a drink
0: <laughs> so sailor.
1: suddenly jeff oh go ahead go with your sailor I- Sailor, thank you where, where does that come from i was trying to remember that today
0: i don't actually know it's I've, i i don't know i don't know i think it's a thing i think it like used to be a thing somewhere
1: yeah i love it i just couldn't remember why we started doing it
0: I started doing it years ago the first time I went to New York City to see one of my friends who lived there because we, I was going during fleet week so there were sailors everywhere and my mother knew it was fleet week for some reason she kept every time she called me she goes sailors <laughs> uh-huh.
1: okay yeah that makes sense and to be clear when I said we started doing that I did not mean to imply I'm doing it I don't know I
0: why would- you're but
1: okay <laughs> because listen it's cute when you do it when i do it it's a little it's a little little, little on the nose so anyway whatever um they decide <laughs> they're not gonna
0: you're like jeffrey yeah. like and when you wouldn't acknowledge anything
1: so they're, they're not gonna do it they're not gonna pretend that they're just good friends um in fact as far as i can tell from matt and jeffrey they don't seem to like each other very much
0: no, there's not a lot of chemistry here, right? Or is it just me? I feel like they're, they're in scenes together, but they don't seem to actually like each other.
1: That, correct. They, like, at no point have I found like, huh, Jeffrey really seems to be an emotional support for Matt. Or Matt seems like Jeffrey can rely on him. No, they're both like. No,
0: no, Matt, and I say this, I say this with love, Matt is too needy for Jeffrey. Matt needs a lot more like words of affection and things. And I feel like Jeffrey is not providing those needs.
1: Yeah, and he wears purple sweatpants.
0: <laughs> With no underwear. Bonus. I mean
1: <laughs> bonus. It should have been Matt. Should have been Matt.
0: <laughs> I can't argue that.
1: <laughs> I wanna know like that must have been a choice not to wear underwear that that day of filming.
0: I you you would think, yeah. He, he probably had some agency over that.
1: Unless he was wearing like loose boxers.
0: Maybe, yeah, that could let things around it was
1: the 90s
0: <laughs> people were asking bill clinton what he was wearing
1: And anyway uh so matt shows up on thanksgiving day rings his mother's doorbell and his mother's like why do you have to ring the doorbell at your own house and he said it's not my house anyway i put, here's dessert and she said well come on in and he said i'm not coming in and um here was i know my quote for what was real was why don't you just tell them i'm having dinner with my lover but the high art point for the generations was that moment matt's mother realized he's not coming in and she's going to need an explanation for people because she said what am i where should i tell everybody you are Uh and i was like wrong answer mom that is not correct you are worrying about the wrong people here (laughs) because your, your son just told you, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not coming in. I'm going to rather just be alone on Thanksgiving. But here's your fucking pumpkin pie. You're not even going to taste the fucking sugar. And you're <laughs> worried about what people will think.
0: <laughs>
1: mm. But listen. Uh,
0: oh, go ahead. This
1: was the way it was back then. But thank God we got flag and they fixed it. You know, they fixed it. They it's par- all parents and friends of all the lesbians and parents of gays
0: and sailors sailors it's cute when you do it too it's Um, gay when i do it well you know uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this one i'm gonna give you this one i i thought this little storyline was well done for what it was there's not a lot to it but it seemed realistic and it seemed fair Mm -hmm. i really especially liked the scene when matt shows up at the house And I really like the way they played that. Um, He's very in character in that he is not at all. He does not come across as disgruntled or angry. He's very nice to his mom. He's not like upset, which is play that he would not be like, I'm mad at you and my feelings are hurt. It would just be like, let's just make you feel better. And I'm going to get out of your way and uh, tell him I'm having dinner with my lover and off he goes. And, I thought that's exactly how Matt would behave. That's exact. Matt would not raise a stink and upset his mother. He would just be a good boy and be on his way and deliver the pie.
1: He's just he's such a good boy.
0: He's Matt is you know we've said this many times. He is in terms of like being a good human. Matt is probably the best person on this show, and that's why he gets shit on constantly (laughs) because it's a soap opera.
1: (laughs) Now here's the thing. Did he even get so much as one bro hug today or this week?
0: I don't think he got to hug anyone. I don't think he got to touch anyone's hand off camera. Um, Maybe they got to look at each other. Maybe. I can't remember. Because
1: there's a way to do a hug that is still sexy and sensual, but that's not what they let him do.
0: Oh, no, no. They had like basketball bro hug. That's what they
1: have. Basketball bro hug. Do you know, do you know what I think of like bro hugs? Hmm. Do you remember, you remember the Pussycat Dolls? Yes. Do you remember Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah. Remember, I think I'm getting this correct. They had that song, Jai Ho?
0: Yes, I think you're right.
1: Uh, I like to picture bro hugs to the tune of that.
0: Bro hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. I mean, that, that checks out. I don't know what Jai Ho means. I don't think you just need to know what it feels like. I think it feels like bro hugs.
1: This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is brought to you by Bro Hugs. Oh my God. (laughs) Finally, finally, bro hugs, sexy, sexy bro hugs. Nope, not that. Sorry, wrong type. Not sexy, sexy bro hugs. Mary, this service, <clears throat> it's a community service. We're not charging any fees. We what? just would like to... up. We, yep, we're just here as a public service to teach the gays, which would be, I presume, almost all of the men listening to our, our podcast, <laughs> to teach the gays how to hug regular guys in not a sexy way. Oh. Now... Mary, I would like to show you um, how this comes together. Can I, can, do you mind if I tell you?
0: I, I don't mind at all.
1: Okay. So what I need to do, I'm going to send you live right now to your phone by text message, a photograph of the, the, the guy who taught me the art of the bro hug. Okay. Okay. So I'm sending it. You tell me when you get it, because I'm going to ask you to describe it to the good people of our podcast. okay did you get it yet
0: yes i have received the photograph
1: okay why don't you why don't you tell people what's happening remember this is a this is an audio uh format
0: all right so this is a photograph that was taken at night it would appear mm-hmm. in the
1: mm-hmm.
0: um two gentlemen in the photograph
1: mm-hmm. that's um, one- generous of you to describe us that way thank you
0: is you're welcome um yes one is you um mm-hmm. Sadly, your, your stunning blue eyes have been turned red because this photograph was taken with an old-timey camera from when you were uh-huh. just a baby. I'm going to say it was mm-hmm. the 90s. Um, you have frosted tips, I think. Mm-hmm, this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you are wearing a light blue shirt. I believe it's light blue. But again, your eyes are red, so it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> yes, you are- you are standing with another a gentleman uh, who is wearing a very blue shirt with some sort of cartoon character on the front. I'm not sure who it is. That's Lucky. Oh, it's Lucky the Leprechaun from the Lucky Charm cereal box. So he's shilling for a corporation. Um, <laughs> so your your gentleman friend appears to be... He's He has sideburns, I can tell. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You're sort of... He's leaning toward you with an arm sort of limply hanging, which you're kind of holding up in midair. Uh, and you're kind of almost like you're trying to get away from him, but I'm not sure. It's unclear. He's smiling. I think you're smiling, but it's a difficult angle because you're, and again, your eyes are red, so you look angry. I don't think mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. Um, he is wearing those baggy shorts that guys wear. I think they're, are they called basketball shorts? They kind yes. of, yes. Like,
1: oh my tight. God. Yes, you got it.
0: And I think I see, like, the top of his boxer sticking out, maybe. There's something mm-hmm. red.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't see your underwear. I think you're wearing maybe a pair of khakis or some sort of light-colored mm-hmm. pants or short. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like you're hugging, but he isn't. he's not succeeding at the hug. Like, I feel he got one arm around you, and then you caught the other arm, and I'm not sure if you're trying to redirect it or stop him. <laughs> it's unclear. It's this out. Is... Um, there are some lights in the background, uh, like mm-hmm. street lights maybe, and there's sort of a strange aura over the photograph, almost as though the astrological spirits are involved. Perhaps someone from the astral plane. Shut <laughs>
1: just... the fuck up, oh my god! <laughs> okay, keep going.
0: Is there more to say? Um, let me see. It's. Uh, I don't. I, I suppose it's a hug, or a, or a grimace. It's. <laughs> Uh, okay. it's hard to say your grinds are nowhere near each other you're not actually <laughs> your body part actually now that i think about it like you're holding his one arm up like he's trying to hug you he might you, your shoulders might be it's almost like when you square dance in elementary school and it's just sort of awkward and they make you do that so that you get used to touching other people that's kind mm-hmm. of what this
1: okay so this other gentleman would you how would you describe him as far as like pick pick some of the follow- I'll give you a few words you tell me which one best describes him okay would you say uh cute adorable hunk or beefcake best best applies to this gentleman
0: I would start at the weakest option which is cute
1: not correct okay uh we're gonna go with beefcake. beefcake that looks yeah. kind
0: of beefy, I guess
1: yeah, yeah, definitely beefy. Uh just just using the guitar that you have from the picture. Are you gonna call him gay or straight? Or, you know, bye, which is eventually gay.
0: <laughs> um boy, this is a hard one, just based on the evidence. Um he's really working to not get his <laughs> groin anywhere involved. So I'm gonna say straight.
1: You've got it. That's why this is the guy who taught me the art of the straight bro hug.
0: Oh, he really nailed it.
1: <laughs> yes. So what's happening in this picture, Mary, uh, me and several many friends <clears throat> had just completed a game of sand volleyball.
0: Oh, okay. okay. At night,
1: as you do. Yeah,
0: what's more fun at night? It's dark.
1: It wasn't dark when we started. It got to be dark. And this is a picture of us <laughs> in the middle of a, of a wrestling, wrestling game where we were wrestling each other.
0: Oh, okay,
1: okay. Okay, now, I very much disapprove of the incorrect and hurtful stereotype that gay men are just always out trying to, like, convert straight men. (laughs) And I I would never want to do anything (laughs) to give credence (laughs) to that painful part of of how people think about us. Uh
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now...
1: Am I wrestling in a suggestive way with this straight boy? I, yes.
0: I don't, is it? Okay.
1: <laughs> yes. You can't see it in this picture, but the rest of it let me tell you cuz there was rolling. Yes. Oh. The, there was sand in the boxers, all that.
0: Okay. But
1: yeah, what but was it just like was it just like a like a uh, a masculine like moment or was it like an oddly sexual thing? Yeah, it was that second one, right? Like I I definitely was kind of eh. Whoops.
0: Over the borderline.
1: Yeah. Now, did I later, though, like, talk about this instance with the other gays in our group about like, ah, ha, ha, look what I got to do. Yes, I also did that.
0: <laughs> look what I got to do.
1: <laughs> 20 years later, am I discussing this publicly as a trophy moment? Yes, I'm doing all of that. So maybe I'm not as opposed to that stereotype as I suggested.
0: That, that's often the case with those things.
1: But it was because of of moments like this, maybe that he thought I needed to be educated on how not to have a hug be a moment.
0: I can see that, yeah, yeah.
1: And so I pass along this wisdom uh, from Matt in Melrose Place, Matt and Jeffrey, as well as uh, my friend from college in the sand volleyball pit. So would you like to know how to hug a straight man And not make it a sexy sexy moment.
0: Do I wanna know that?
1: I feel like I have the opposite
0: problem actually. (laughs) (laughs) Is there the reverse of this class?
1: (laughs) Okay. So this is this is what I learned, all right? Okay. So let's go. You gotta offer up your right hand in a handshake. Okay.
0: Yeah, you lull them into a false sense of security.
1: Now, this is the key. You cannot put your right hand straight in front of your shoulder. It has to be over kind of like directly in front of your, your belly button. Okay. So if you were to drop your hand, it would come right down at your junk. But don't <laughs> think about that. Hand up. Hand you up. Want- <laughs> okay. So the reason, and this is key, this is key, because you need the, the grasp of the hand to be uh, like a, a barrier between any accidental genital to genital contact.
0: You don't want that.
1: mm because that's gay. Super gay. Yeah. <laughs> you literally, yeah. So <laughs> you you offer up your right hand, your straight bro takes the hand, you shake, but then you have to have a moment where you decide, like, are we doing this? It helps if you make an awkward joke about like, are we doing this?
0: Oh then, you doing that, yeah.
1: Then you pull your brother in, right? But Mary, and this is key. Your feet don't move at all. You don't take a step forward because if your feet go forward, what else goes forward?
0: All the other stuff above your feet,
1: all the stuff above your feet, the front and the back. And none of that can go anywhere near a straight straight bro. Nope.
0: They don't want it. No, thank Mm -mm. you.
1: So you, you grasp your hands in front of the belly button, you pull over and then you just lean in and tap each other on the back. A few times upper back only don't go
0: below the bra straps.
1: No. Now listen, Did I play real dumb for these lessons? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did I get all these instructions explicitly explained to me because I kept doing it wrong? (laughs) Sure did. Sure did. (laughs) But here's the thing picture it, picture a normal hug, right? Like two arms wide, wrap around the person, kind of above or below their elbows, right? Mm -hmm. And if you go in, if it's a tight hug, you'll notice like there actually is like theoretically like genital area to genital area contact, which is uncomfortable for a straight man.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: However, <laughs> he will hug women this way.
0: Oh, sure.
1: He, he's totally comfortable with that. I don't get it. I don't understand.
0: Well, that's the kind of stuff they're looking for.
1: And ladies hugging ladies, putting boobs on each other. I don't get that oh. either.
0: It's hard to avoid putting boobs on each other when you're ladies and you're hugging. Like,
1: Listen, listen, if you just go like, okay, so arm out, okay, but now keep your arm up at shoulder height and then lean forward. So then it's just shoulder to shoulder.
0: I don't think you've ever had boobs.
1: <laughs> I have not. <laughs> if I did, I would tape them down.
0: You know what the thing is about boobs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we going?
0: They're not like, I will, they're not like, if you're getting a hug, that's not an uncomfortable thing to hug against, you know? Like it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice area. I would think like,
1: listen, I've, hu- I've gonna- hugged, I've hugged, I've hugged, I've touched a boob through a hug before. Sure. Sure. No, I breastfed as a baby. I'm sure you did. No formula shortage for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's open that can of worms.
1: <laughs> Although for the record... Just just breastfeed is not an appropriate response to the formula shortage, just putting that out there.
0: The, the people who hear this in three months are gonna
1: go- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if the formula shortage is still happening in three months, we've got a real problem. Do you know what else is a real problem? What? Why do we just call it formula?
0: It's a bad name. <laughs> it's
1: it's poorly branded. Like we
0: could get on this, dude. We could make our money that way. We call it baby juice.
1: Lactation station.
0: Nobody wants that. Nobody, Nobody
1: wants formula.
0: Well, formula is not much better than lactation station. No, you got to make it sound cool like Surge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we call it Splash.
0: You know what? People would buy it.
1: Listen, people, if, if we provided baby food, no matter what we call it right now, people would buy it. Oh, that's, that's sad, but true. Anyway, row hugs. Not sexy, sexy bro hugs. You got You gotta lean forward.
0: Is this like I can take, or like how do I get this knowledge? Other than Listen, just listening,
1: you, you got to find yourself someone like that guy in that picture. You got to feign interest. Right. But and and this this I learned uh, from girls I grew up with when they were trying to court a gentleman, where they would act much dumber than they are. Because mm. that seemed to attract the attention of men.
0: That does kind of work, sadly. It yeah. does kind of
1: work. So that's what I did. Like, wait a minute. Wait, what happens if I don't put the my arm in front of my belly button? Oops.
0: <laughs> what a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like I've learned a lot. But mm-hmm. also all. Oh.
1: And also what?
0: <laughs> Nothing at all.
1: <laughs> well...
0: Uh, is there like a website I can go to for this? Or is just is it was just a, like just a public service announcement you were making?
1: This this was a public service announcement uh, sponsored. This is, I actually funded this ad uh, just okay. to let the good people know. I wanted you to see this picture.
0: <laughs> is there a way for you to share this picture with the audience?
1: Uh, I don't, you know, with the things I said about the other person in it, I probably not.
0: That's probably a good point. Um, and again, I would just like to point out, like, again, I seem to have the opposite problem was my hugging. So if you have any advice for the opposite problem, please feel free to make another public service announcement as I can continue for a man holding a fish. Because apparently that's all that's available.
1: (laughs) (sighs) I, uh, I used up my gay points early.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean... Exciting to see where you go from here. And
1: I'm going to be out here floating around like fucking Jake on a piece of wood.
0: <laughs> He's fine. We'll just drop him off. He's been floating on the ocean for 24 hours in the blaring sun. And yeah, we'll just take him home. We won't well, even give him dry clothes. It's fine.
1: <laughs> well, we are back for the second half of season three, episode 11 of the oh. Melrose Placecast. We are discussing the days of wine and vodka. I, at this moment, continue to be Teej with the gorgeous blue eyes. I'm
0: I'm Mary with the regular blue eyes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Mary, I think you're queued up to take us away with an example. um, If you have a second one of this being a trashy, trashy soap opera this week. Hearing none? Tell me about what? You had none?
0: No, I'm ready.
1: Oh, I didn't hear any.
0: Oh, wow. Tell me about black market babies.
1: Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah, maybe go ahead.
0: Buckle up. Uh, Michael and Kimberly meet with an attorney about adoption and how it works. And they find out they have to pay for the mother's expenses up front. There's no guarantee she'll give up the baby when it's time. And the attorney says, quote, you're not buying a baby here. Uh, Kimberly says, what's the ballpark estimate? And the lawyer says, anywhere between... $2,500 to $100,000, depending on who the mother is, where she lives, whether she's insured, and so on. Kimberly is shocked. Michael basically says, too rich for my blood, and says, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Off he goes. Uh, Kimberly later is at her doctor again, and she's talking about getting fertility treatments. And she knows she could freeze her eggs, and Michael can freeze his sperm. The doctor stops her and he's like, uh, you know, the implications of your diagnosis and you really just cannot have a baby. I like guess not. It's not happening. And he tries to refer her to a therapist, which, frankly, probably a pretty good idea considering what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. She goes, so, I really do you, do. you really want to help me, doctor? Then tell me about black market babies. <laughs> oh, boy. Surely you have a friend for that, she says. You seem to have a friend for everything else. One of you must have heard something, maybe even helped, shall we say, a poor unfortunate along a wayward path, someone else who couldn't carry a fetus to term. The doctor is like, uh, no, that's illegal. And on a professional level, he finds it unscrupulous and depraved. And personally, he's appalled that she of all people would even ask. And she's so like, we have oh,
1: to we-. assume he's never met Kimberly Shaw before.
0: No, I think this is only her second trip to this doctor. <laughs> We're going on a limb uh she goes oh it's so easy for you to pass judgment you have three healthy children isn't it doctor and she glares and she gets up and leaves and she's out in the waiting room and she's about to start to cry and of course who should happen to be sitting there there's only one other pregnant woman in all of los angeles it's joe beth reynolds uh Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. waiting for an appointment and uh they make some small talk and she asks if kimberly's pregnant Kimberly's like no i'm still trying and kimberly sits down and she's kind of buttering joe up and Joe has to tell her she lost custody of her unborn baby to Reed's parents, and she can't leave California, and she can't leave the hospital with her baby. Wah, wah. Uh, Later that night, someone knocks on Joe's door. Of course, it's Kimberly. And Joe's like, uh, hi. <laughs> okay, come in, because we don't really know each other. Kimberly wants to help Joe keep her baby. She thinks she has a way. And Joe's like, uh, you can override the court system? <laughs> Kimberly says, no, I think I have a way to make everyone believe that your baby's dead. not what i was expecting uh joe also was like uh what kimberly says if everyone believes your baby's dead you're free you can take your baby wherever you want away from the court away from the carters and joe uh how kimberly says she can induce joe's labor a week before the due date at the beach house and they'll just deliver the baby there it's fine they'll tell everyone it was stillborn. it's fine Joe looks very confused and gets up and paces around. Kimberly's like, it's totally cool. I'm going to just do all the paperwork. It'll get lost in the shuffle. Okay. Uh, she'll file a fetal death certificate and everyone will think The baby's just been cremated without ever seeing it. No one will ever know. Joe uh, is like, why? Why are you doing this? And she said, Kimberly's like, well, I hope if I'm ever a mother, someone will help me. And I believe mothers need to be with their babies. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> This is a, oh god. So she tells Joe, come over for Thanksgiving, and you can let us let me know then. But no one can know about this. Not even Michael. It's their little secret. You, me, and your baby. Oh, uh, later we catch a Thanksgiving. Joe is outside enjoying some cranberry juice. Uh she's like, I've heard lots of stories about when mothers are in danger or their children are in danger and like there's mothers who lift cars after children. Bullshit. Yeah, right. And Kimberly is like, Oh, with a mother's love. The stuff of legends uh Kimberly says i'm your last hope joe and joe says maybe you're right and my child is in danger let's do it oh boy uh okay i knew this was coming because i've seen this season before uh it still kind of is insane let's be honest this is all complete it's already insane and nothing has hardly even happened yet um it is also insane that the judge awarded joe's baby to someone before it was even born it yeah. has had a chance to be a bad parent um I do have to think. Maybe that's
1: not the metric we should be going for.
0: (laughs) I will say, um, in the court's defense, she's not showing the sharpest uh, critical thinking skills here. Uh, Right? Right? Like, she's going to trust Kimberly? Kimberly. Kimberly.
1: You you know, the the court never brought up like, hey, uh, tell me again what you did to the baby's father.
0: (laughs) They never once mentioned a harpoon in that courtroom and they could have.
1: One of the other podcasts mentioned how when Joe was on the stand, um, out of nowhere, she was like, The last time I saw Reed alive, I was so mad at him. And they were like, uh, Nobody asked you to say that. Why did you say that? <laughs> Joe, don't offer that
0: up. <laughs> Keep it to yourself, Joe. Oh my God. This whole, I mean, we've just, this is the tip of the proverbial iceberg, but wow. Black market babies. Okay.
1: How are black market babies are for the generations? Um, I was a little surprised that Kimberly said it so plainly.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Like just <laughs> what?
0: Oh my god! Uh,
1: have you have you found yourself in a situation, Mary, where you've needed to ask a doctor for black market anything? Maybe not a baby, but like. Fen, or kidneys, or
0: do they still make?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think that I have, but like, I, I, I'm one of those people who goes to the doctor like once a year and like we do everything in one trip. Let's get this all over with and then get <laughs> as fast as possible and not make.
1: Did you say no eye contact?
0: No eye contact. <laughs> oh,
1: see, I can't get away with that. People, I they really want the eye contact with me
0: god i set myself right up for that oh when i wear god. those
1: blue shirts oh
0: do you ever does it like do you ever wear a contrasting color to see if that does a trick like it does not no okay
1: people comment on my eyes when i wear a blue shirt they don't always comment on my eyes when i blue shirt wear a blue shirt but when people comment on my eyes like this is a relative stranger right just said wow your eyes look really great today
0: what a weird compliment, too, in a way, because like your eyes look really great. Like your eyes yeah. just look the way they look. Like there's not much you can really do about your eyes, short of putting on those contact lens things. That I change thought the maybe color. she
1: was she was suggesting my vision was particularly strong today. Like, oh, they seem to be doing their looking really well. <laughs> you haven't
0: walked into anything yet.
1: No, Mary. Okay, but joking aside, I believe you've been around me when people randomly compliment my eyes.
0: I wouldn't say randomly. Usually what you would do for my (laughs) wearing a blue shirt in my office and you would whip off your glasses dramatically and leave. (laughs) Huh? Check this out. Huh? Shut the fuck
1: up. Okay, I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a deal. Are you ready? Yes. I will concede this this particular arm of the Black Market Baby storyline. I'll concede it to be trash. I'll let it go.
0: Oh, my God. Thank you.
1: However, I was going to bring up this storyline as High Art for the Generations. What? Yeah. Now, but <laughs> oh, before, I, before I get there, I think a couple episodes ago, we have talked about <clears throat> how some of the other podcasts, specifically um, Melrose Sheltering in Place, where they talk about uh, she can't have this baby, right? Something's going to, like, the <laughs> baby's going <laughs> to die it. And how, like, they don't see it coming the yeah I, I obviously we're on episode 10 and they uh, uh Melrose sheltering and place cast they do three at a time so i don't know what they think about this one yet but the other two uh they see it coming now um they they predicted at the Melrose place podcast that somehow kimberly's gonna take this baby <laughs> and so i think two episodes ago i said wow that Melrose Place writers are doing such a great job of just happening to have Kimberly bump into Joe nobody would suspect anything. Uh, that turns out to have been incorrect. Everybody sees it. <laughs> Which was your analysis. Because you said, I don't think they're being subtle. And I was like, oh yeah, totally subtle. <laughs> yeah, unlike, <super. laughs> yeah, totally subtle. Unlike the like crystal glimmering quality of my eyes when I wear the right shirt. Oh my
0: God you're gonna bring up crystal
1: pepsi i'm gonna have to give the people an image of these eyes the listeners are yeah well (laughs) they'll have to wait anyway here's my final high art point for the generations it was rolled in that storyline you kind of glossed over it i understand why you did it. i ain't mad it would have weakened your point it would have weakened your point i'm excited yeah But when you said you just kind of yada, yada, yada right over where Michael was like, well, too rich for my taste. I'm out of here. And away he went. What he (laughs) specifically said when they got the price of paying for adoption expenses for a baby they they weren't going to get. He said, and let's not forget the $40,000 in medical school loans.
0: That sounds unrealistic.
1: Correct. Although, remember, Jane's parents paid for his medical school. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So it could, could just be Kimberly's medical school loans um also everything we understand about uh student loans is doctors and lawyers are fine they can handle their loans (laughs) forty thousand dollars did not seem to be a lot
0: not by today's standards no
1: certainly not for a medical for it to be practicing physicians and and head residents or whatever
0: Maybe if you and I just not as an insult, like if you went to like a foreign country, got your degree there, where it's not as expensive or something, maybe now you could pull that off.
1: But Kimberly went to Minnesota. Did she? Didn't she? Because she knew the knew the doctor, the hospital that uh, Peter came from.
0: Oh, I think you're. Yeah, there's some connection there.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all the characters, their parents have to live far away, so they they just randomly. Pick out Midwestern states. The Andrews live in Illinois. The Parkers live in Wisconsin. Billy's mother moved to Minnesota.
0: That's right. To so live with one of his sisters.
1: Yeah, bullshit. They were never. Heard- <laughs> yeah, never heard from again. Uh, much like Allison's sister. Anyway, high art for the generations because um, as millennials came to teach us, student loan debt is dragging everybody down, and they're not able to begin their life, start families, buy homes or whatever because of the student loan debt. And here we have a very realistic portrayal of a family desperate to form.
0: Desperate, so desperate to form a family, oh my.
1: (laughs) Now I realize inherent in that, to make my point, I'm kind of centering the like married couple with a child is what equals a family. That's not what I believe. I believe unmarried couples with a child, they're also a family, but that's it.
0: What about cat ladies with cats? Sure, fine. Thank no, you. And
1: unmarried couples, also families. Thruples, families. Derek Barry and whatever he's up to, fine. Be a family, whatever. I don't fucking care. In this particular instance, they're trying to start a family and they can't because of their medical school debt. This is why we need to cancel student loan debt.
0: So that Kimberly can get a baby.
1: Which, did you know, is a very unpopular political position right now? Really? Yeah, I guess like the percentage of the population with student loan debt is relatively small. And people who didn't or couldn't or wouldn't go to college are feeling a little I hate now that I hear it like a little fairly, like, uh why am I subsidizing that?
0: Yeah, but you know, I've come to a point where I'm like, none of this money is even real. It's all just <laughs> 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 like it's all just they could it's like 11 gajillion dollars. Like who can just say it didn't happen? Who cares?
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's they that idiot have- like, <laughs> and the, the flaw in that argument of, like, why should I subsidize that is that takes the position that uh, college only benefits the person who went to college, not society as a whole. Sure. And I, I think that's wrong. You know, benefits society as a whole. But I will not tolerate people complaining about the cost of college. Don't fucking come for me with that. What about the cost of clown college? Bullshit. Yeah. What you do not need that much money to become fisbo. Just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps with a little water squirters.
0: Pull yourself up, your giant for <laughs> the cloth shoe <you> stretch.
1: <laughs> anyway, the scourge of student loan debt—that's my high art point for the generations.
0: Oh boy, um, I.
1: <laughs> Do I hear a concession? And I, I hope. I hope before you offer your concession.
0: I already gave you one. I feel like.
1: (laughs) Before you offer your second concession. uh, Actually, no, that's a good point. You've already conceded. Let's not be like Al Gore about this and rescind the concession.
0: Oh, wow. Um, You know, I don't like being compared to Al Gore.
1: Um, (laughs) But there's so many instances where it applies.
0: It happens all the time. Um, I will be graceful here and I will concede... Your specific loan debt being a hindrance. However, the rest of this storyline is soapy, soapy, soapy nonsense.
1: I'll take it. I'll take it. it, it listen, in I, season three, I'm taking it. I'm taking I, every little bit I can get.
0: I have to say, yeah, because it's this is only going to get worse for you from week to week. So let's let you have a little, a little sunshine this week.
1: I am going to take this little bit that I can get. The same way Kimberly should take any little bit of baby formula she can get.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Everybody's mad about baby formula. I
1: I hope that is solved by the time we drop this episode. But did you know what what I learned is really the fucking... What happened with this baby formula problem? Do you know why we have a shortage? I
0: think so, but tell me more.
1: Abbott fucking labs. Those motherfucking corporate whores. We're supposed to think Sydney's a whore. Fuck Abbott. That's what I say. This is a very make- podcast, by the way. <laughs> also, I believe it's Abbott, and I believe it's the same Abbott as Abbott Labs. I could be totally wrong. This could be totally misinformation. But one of the four baby food manufacturers didn't upgrade their safety standards, right? Or their safety equipment. Yeah. Two babies died. Abbott says the FDA has never proved that it was because of the formula. But because of the two babies died of a bacterial infection. Uh, The FDA did an investigation, came across this lab in somewhere in lower Michigan, which there's your first clue, why the fuck are we making food in lower Michigan? (sighs) Whatever. You must. (laughs) Um, And they they inspected and said, this is not up to safety standards. You have to shut this plant down. So the the alternative for the FDA was like, oh, you're not up to safety standards. It's just a couple babies. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, but this fucking corporation did a multi-billion dollar stock buyback when they could have been upgrading their safety equipment. Uh, corporations bad. Here's the thing. Can I tell you the list of good, good corporations, though? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Fuck them all. Fuck every single one of them. I hate them so much.
0: What about the people who bring you <laughs> Melrose Place Street Runs? <laughs>
1: listen i could get it on youtube thank you very much for free
0: um gonna, let I'm it not, go let it go not gonna think about that too hard
1: <laughs> do you want to change this into your final point
0: yeah uh do you think i have a drinking problem <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i'm gonna try not to go into too many details here because i wrote way too much down uh, but I'll, I'll try to move it along um Allison bumps into Joe and tries to apologize for the debacle at the court the other day. She says, I had too much coffee, that's all. I'm sorry if I appear jittery. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Joe is not happy. He's like, I don't trust you anymore, and you're not my baby's godmother anymore.
1: Yeah, no, Joe, you're not in a position to make that claim anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to pick this.
0: I suppose that's true. Uh, later, Allison is at lunch with Zach, and she asks him, do you think I have a drinking problem? Uh, okay, yeah. Ask the guy who constantly encourages you to party all night and gives you speed whether or not he thinks you have a problem. Uh Look, he don't like you think really- he's
1: gonna give you the answer you want?
0: <laughs> Literally he is taking a sip from his drink as she asks him. He says, Haha, drinking problem? Whoever gave you that wild idea. She says how Joe is mad at her cause she came to cart drunk, which again she did. Uh Zach's like, that verdict had it didn't go in Joe's favor. And, quote, your so-called friend is just inventing this drinking problem so she can blame you. Allison's like, well, it's not just Joe. Amanda mentioned it, too. And Zach goes, oh, a woman whose convict father was just killed by his hit woman girlfriend? Think about it, Allison. You're the perfect person for her to blame on everything. You're close and you're corporate. What? How does he know about that? Allison whines like that Amanda's her boss. And Zach's like, oh, no, you're your boss. Give yourself a break, Allison. What do you need? What's the one thing in life you've been denying yourself? And she's like, I need a car. And she mentions how she tried to sell Betsy once, but she was practically giving it away and nobody wanted it. He toasted them going to buy her a new car and cut to her driving a new convertible. Zach says it's phase one of her new life. She's like, this is amazing. And she's like, yeah, but how am I going to pay for this? Also, what a ceremonious dismissal of Betsy. Like, I found this disrespectful. Um, anyway. He's like, you'll figure it out. And he grabs the car phone, calls a hotel in Santa Barbara and gets them a room. She's like, ah, I have to go back to work. He shushes her and he's like, just like, take a day. Like, just take a day. She has a meeting first thing in the morning though. And he's like, oh, you're moving into phase two. You believe you deserve good things now. And he's like, we can totally drive back tonight if you want. She goes, all right, off they go because she's dumb. We're in Santa Barbara. They're in front of a fire. And of course they're drinking. Does she want to go back to L.A. tonight? She goes, ah, no, I haven't been this happy in my whole life. I owe you so much. He says, you don't owe me anything, baby. You're an amazing woman and beautiful and amazingly talented. And she goes, "Ah, and I'm amazing <laughs> because he just keeps saying amazing. He loves her. He says she mm-hmm. loves him, too. Oh, my. They kiss. He he wants another vlog on the fire, but he can't get up. So she does. And she's clearly drunk. She can barely get out of the fireplace. By the time she gets back to the bed, he's already asleep and snoring. Cut to the next morning. Uh-oh. She just woke up at her meetings in 15 minutes back in Los Angeles. Zach drunkenly mumbles, welcome to new Allison. What works for you? And she's like, shit, I got to go. Uh, he says, like, when's the last time you took a mental And she has to say, I don't exactly have a great attendance record at work.
1: <laughs> Not when you've got a new boyfriend.
0: Uh, and he's like, no. And she, you just take a mental health day. And he picks up the phone and calls yeah. D. I'm like, he knows the number to D. Okay. They've known each other for five minutes, but sure.
1: Um, I can't, no, I can't believe he would have been calling Allison.
0: I don't know. This is pretty fast.
1: Don't forget, in the 90s, you quickly remembered phone numbers.
0: I don't know <laughs> how we
1: had the brain power for that.
0: I don't know. Anyway, he calls d d for her and hands her the phone. And she talks to Amanda's assistant. And she lies and says she has the flu that's going around. But she'll come in this afternoon for the other meeting. And I'm like, you just said you had the flu. Okay. Um, He says it's not a full mental health day. But at least it's a start. And they start making out. Presumably go have uh sex. Cut to lunchtime. Billy and Amanda are standing by Amanda's Porsche waiting. And we hear squealing tires. And vroom, up comes Allison in her new car. And she almost hits Amanda's car. Uh, Billy asked whose car it is. And she's like, it's mine. And Amanda's like, we can discuss Motor Trend's car the year later. We have a meeting to go. Um, Amanda's pissed because this was Allison's account. And so Amanda spent the morning familiarizing with the client. And Allison's like, I told your assistant I'd be here. Amanda's like, "Uh, you know, if I find out you took the morning off to buy this car, I'm going to fire you. Billy starts waxing politically how she must have bought the car yesterday and then she drove off and she probably drank too much and slept it off and Allison's like no uh and Amanda's like yeah I think probably that's what happened Allison pouts she's like what's the deal I took a quarter of a personal day I know this account inside and, out, and I'm here right you want to fire just fire me and she stomps in and they follow her in. uh later that night okay um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forgive me my notes got out of order um billy and susan want to make a thanksgiving dinner or rather susan does and so susan's like we should invite allison as like a peace offering and so they're gonna do can we
1: pause at how fucking obnoxious that scene was with billy and susan in the morning
0: oh i wanted to punch them both oh god oh the, the them
1: the food the french etouffee
0: I don't want to hear about your etouffee. I want some Rhonda's Culinary Funk. Thank you very much.
1: Doesn't um, Rhonda's Culinary Funk serve crawfish etouffee?
0: I think only because it was mentioned that one time. <laughs> 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 <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyway, so she's supposed to... So they Then they decide, well, if we really want Allison to come, we should invite her boyfriend, even though they don't like him. And so they do. Uh, so the day, presumably on Thanksgiving... Uh, Allison is on the phone with Zach and he has some friends who came over and she's like, uh, are you on your way here? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not, not going to happen. So Allison takes a big swig of vodka, I presume, and then walks over to their apartment with a bottle of wine. Uh, Susan comes over, asks where Zach is. He can't make it. And Susan very stupidly says, Oh, good. That'll give us a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Uh, Allison immediately gets that pinched look on her face that all women in the Midwest get when they're upset. And she's like, about what? (laughs) And neither of them will answer. So she asks again, they all just sit down to talk. And Allison's like, what's up? What's going on? They just want her to know they really care about her and they want her to be happy. And Allison's like, great, you should be happy too. And they won't spit it out. So she's like, just say what you want to say. And he's like, well, since you started dating Zach, you've completely changed. You're irresponsible. You're alienating your friends. If you keep this up, you're going to lose your job. And Allison rolls her eyes. And they're like, hey, this guy's bad news, man. Susan hedges her bets and she's like, I don't know if Zach's really bad, but like, he's obviously influencing you. Allison's like, you two assholes are unbelievable. Who the hell are you? A majority of two. You don't know what's in my head or my heart. You make no effort to find out. Billy's like, that's not true. That's not fair. And now Allison's really slurring and and like waving around. She's like, you just can't take the fact that I'm fine with you being a couple. I have a new boyfriend who's crazy about me. I hope that you two are very happy in your neurotic little love nest. I, for one, am leaving. And so she kind of stumbles to her feet. Billy tries to stop her and she yells at him. Uh, He's like, I don't know why we thought we could have a conversation. You were drunk when you walked in. Fair enough. Allison's face goes from pouty to furious. And now she's really mad. And she's going out, and he tells her to sleep it off, and she slams the door. Cut to Allison driving in her new car. She's on the car phone with Zach, and she's coming over. She loves football. And besides, if she goes home, she's just going to fall asleep. He's clearly trying to dissuade her from coming because he's hanging out with his guy friends. She's like, it's fine. Like, Also, I'm not going to drive around for an hour to wait till your friends leave. Uh, and so then she's hanging up the phone. We cut to a kid or adult. I was The size of this person was confusing. They're riding a bike across the street
1: the and size of this person it was a kid
0: was it a kid you look kind yeah. of like a teenager he Listen, he,
1: it was an 11 year old kid riding his bike in the streets of la at night
0: like you do i think it was a stunt man wearing a baseball cap but okay um she's <laughs> hanging up the car phone the kid's riding the bike we see she's about to blow through a stop sign because she's very drunk her eyes get huge she slams on the brakes, she swerves the car right into the kid's path <laughs> Because <laughs> the way I looked at it, I don't think they were actually going um, <laughs> to collide. He's driving, the passenger side, and he flies over the hood and lands on the pavement. And Allison just sits going, Oh no. Oh God. Drunky McDrunk face has struck. Uh, too bad you didn't keep Betsy because that wouldn't have been hurt if it got dented up.
1: Oh my God. I didn't even think of the condition of the car. Oh my God, Mary. <laughs>
0: Um, I was a little disappointed that this wasn't the episode when Alice is a giudice table flip because I know she does that at one point where she. I thought
1: that was it today too. I thought we were in for it. Because we
0: saw the little table with the tablecloth, but that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on record as I quite enjoy Drunk Allison. I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. This week was no disappointment in that department. We got to see Giggly Drunk Allison, we got to see Angry Allison, Mean Drunk Allison. Horny Allison, Drunk Driving Allison, and Horrified Allison. Which ones will we see next week?
1: Listen, I'll take all the Allisons.
0: (laughs) I know you will. (laughs) I'm
1: remembering, if you remember this, I had always perceived Allison when I watched it in the first one to be my favorite character. Yeah, you did. And in season one, in most of season two, I, I, I can't explain why. But this, this Allison. Now I'm remembering why.
0: It's entertaining.
1: She's the type of she's the type of gal you want on your side. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> this Zach is bad news. I'm gonna disagree, Mary. I disagree, madam. This is high art. Oh God. Zach is doing all the things. All the things a bad influence does when someone is looking for validation for alcohol or drug abuse.
0: Yeah, that's why he's like a soap opera character because there's no actual person involved here. It's just a guy who tells Allison everything she thinks is right. No man would ever do that for Allison.
1: We- <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think the way they're playing Allison's descent into um, pity me pines is. <laughs> is realistic in how it works in in the real world but mary our good listeners don't know about pity me pines
0: well some of them might but they have that to look forward to if they don't
1: you don't want to explain it
0: no that's a spoiler (laughs) we are not a recap podcast even though this goes on we are not a recap podcast
1: okay well we'll talk about pity me pines later mary we you know what aside from this last disagreement we were, you know, we we got along well this episode.
0: I know I'm a little confused. Oh, Mercury's uh, retrograde, retrograde I think right don't. now. Don't.
1: Oh my god. Mary, we are not going to do that bullshit.
0: What's your rising sign? Stop it. I'll find it. It's it's, it's it's
1: it's this finger.
0: <laughs> Which one? <laughs> 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 you really ask your mom. The- oh
1: it's the fi- It's Taurus. Taurus is rising. Are you sure? No, I don't know what this shit is.
0: God damn, but we gotta do your chart and then we can then we can solve all of our Melrose disagreements to now the power- I, astrology science.
1: Okay, okay, all right. Now listen. <laughs> I don't believe in that stuff. But you
0: believe in plenty of other things.
1: <laughs> but listen. I <laughs> was at picture it. It was oh my gosh, it was 20 years ago. Oh my god. Jesus. Okay, so I was eight. And Not I even. was at no, 20 years ago, and I was at a Pride Fest in Madison, Wisconsin, which at the time was just a little picnic.
0: <laughs> Aww.
1: Yeah, because what made Madison the gay city was the college students, and they had all left because it was summer.
0: Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but I went to it. Married. this was I was at peak hotness, right? Like I was still at that age where I could eat any kind of pretzel I wanted and still look fit and trim, <laughs> right?
0: Oh, those eyes were just so—they're just popping too.
1: No, I was wearing a green shirt. I didn't know the yet. Oh. You know, I'm still discovering, what, what, what? still discovering my secrets. But I volunteered to be in the dunk sink. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, it was fun splish, splashing about. But I—I uh, <laughs> I met a gentleman there um, who. This might surprise you. This description, if you uh, know my current fiance okay was a very slim slender twink type with red hair from iowa i kid you not like you couldn't get any. wow any more photocopied like clearly like oh i see what you're doing teach you're filling in because this is you know i had broken up with him but so the the pride picnic is ending and he's there with some friends. They're, 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 there's like eight people staying together in a hotel room. And he says, come on back with me. It was not like that. Although I, I would have totally been down for that. Um, but <laughs> we, we walk in and there's this older woman, probably young 30s, lesbian type, right? Like the type that keeps your fingernails short all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know the type. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking and I, I'm barely there a few minutes and we were telling the story. There was, um, a guy at, at the picnic that was asking people for food because he was homeless. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Eric was his name. Oh, not, I've
0: heard of Eric.
1: <laughs> not Derek, my fiance, Eric.
0: I've heard about Eric too. <laughs> go on.
1: <laughs> Have I talked to you about Eric.
0: Uh, I think unless it's a different Eric but please go on <laughs>
1: I don't know this story but we're going to come back to this offline anyway Eric's telling the story there's a little bit of like oh my god that's crazy and then I piped in one of the few things I said to this room people I don't know I was like no but you guys it was really sad he was he, like he was homeless he didn't have any food like anything and out of nowhere from across the way this lesbian witch which was genuine I le- later learned she was into astral projection
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know where this is going yeah
1: yeah it was that eric out of nowhere sails across the hotel room with the 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 following slur are you ready yes you're a virgo aren't you honey oh wow she nailed <gasps> it
0: fuck did she know that she knows they know hmm.
1: what did i tell you about eric
0: um This is, we're not going to go into the full story, but it was an email exchange that went on for some time. And it was about, um, you owed an apology to a certain cat in my house and you were delivering the cat, an apology via astral projection. Oh yes. This is that Eric. Yeah. The astral projector. (laughs) Well, as soon as you mentioned, the name was Eric and there was a link to astrology. I'm like, I think I know where this is going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, Mary, uh, I there's a couple highlights. If I can just point one out.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course.
1: Because this was almost my higher point. When Billy and Susan sat down on the couch across from Allison to confront her about her uh, developing alcohol abuse and drug abuse, uh, she slurred at them. Who the hell are you anyway? The moral majority of two? Oh and I was like, that's good. and And for the time, referencing the moral majority, I liked it. Because fucking moral majority. Neither moral nor the majority. Fuck them.
0: I I agree. I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you have any highlights?
0: No, I think we kind of hit everything.
1: We did yeah. not talk about Amanda and Bruce.
0: We didn't, did we? Yeah. We had a recap podcast, though.
1: No. Well, this was the highlight that I had there. Peter said the heart attack makes D&D ripe for a takeover. Bruce came yeah. into... Bruce came into... Just, Bullshit! Bruce got dressed, buttoned his shirt all the way up, put a tie around his neck, which a tie, you've heard me say this, Mary, is just a noose that hangs down. It really is. Foreshadowing.
0: Oh, God. Not again.
1: (laughs) Uh, Came into work. Amanda says, what are you doing here? And Bruce says... I don't know what's happening. Someone's trying to take over D&D, which seems like a leap. Seems like a leap from the evidence he would have. But he said someone leaked the news of his heart attack deliberately. Which is which true, you- but, yep, it's true. And he's saying this to Amanda, who's the one who leaked it. Um, <laughs> but she tells him, why don't you just rest for the morning and then come in this afternoon, okay? Mm-hmm. And Bruce, motherfucking tell her, covering from a heart attack, wakes up early, irons his clothes, puts it on, chooses a tie, tightens it around his neck, makes it through Los Angeles traffic, comes into the office, and that's all it took to get him to leave the office, go back through traffic, undo the tie, take off the clothes, take a nap just for the morning, but still gonna be back by noon.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: No, at that point you're saying, you know what, I'll leave it too. That's what you're saying.
0: I work from home. and I would put in that much effort to get to my desk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the storyline moving forward, though, Amanda is feeling guilty about this and almost wants to put a stop to it. And Peter says, it's too late. Things are in motion. Um, and he says, so Amanda Woodward is having a crisis of conscious conscience and she's human. Mm. And he assures us that Amanda Woodward is going to take over D&D advertising. And I just want to give a shout out to our good friends at, again, with this. Because they put it in the proper context, I think. Because the stakes of this takeover attempt seem so, like, large. Yeah. And they they kept saying, and they're doing all this so she can take over this mid-level marketing agency in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem a a little over the top.
0: Yeah, well, it's a soap opera, so.
1: Yeah. Well, Mary, did you have anything else you would like to discuss this week before we wrap it up for the good people?
0: Um, no, I don't think I do, weirdly enough. (laughs) done character, I know. I'm good. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is generously supported by the following sponsor. We've all been there. You're a go-go career woman in the 90s who spends all of her time working, pleasing her man, hatching schemes, brushing your wigs, and recovering from the allegedly fatal car accident that somehow made you infertile. You want a baby! Right now!
1: Okay.
0: Can you even guess the average retail price of a brand new baby? Guess.
1: I oh a brand new baby in nineteen ninety four dollars. I'm gonna say, mm, well, I know Taco Bell was selling tacos at twenty nine cents. So if you have average that out, multiply by carry the one. I'm gonna guess four thousand dollars. JD
0: Associates has put the ballpark figure for a new baby anywhere between drum roll twenty five hundred dollars to one hundred thousand dollars.
1: Oh, that's wow. a spread.
0: That is a wide array of baby expenses. And that doesn't even take... Can you tell
1: me what the upgrade options are? How do you get from... What what makes a baby worth more? You're going to have to go to your dealership for that.
0: And you know what? That doesn't even take into account how much the value of that baby is going to depreciate the second you get it off the (laughs) pot. Who has that kind of (laughs) of cash lying around? That is way too rich for my blood. Well, you could try freezing your eggs. Or your mm-hmm. sperm, mm-hmm. or both. Whatever yeah, you're you gonna
1: you're gonna need both. You're gonna need both.
0: Just, you're, yeah, that's what I've been told. Listen, uh,
1: gender can evolve all at once, but you're gonna need both.
0: And you know, you can just dump all those eggs and all those sperm, stick them together, see what happens. But you know what? that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and a lot of scientific equipment and most importantly, a lot of freezer space and if you're like me and you just have one refrigerator in your house and no separate freezer like, I don't have room to be keeping all my eggs in the freezer and all that sperm I'm getting from somewhere. Like, <laughs> if I'm choosing between keeping my pizza rolls or my eggs, you know I'm keeping the pizza rolls. Am <laughs> I right?
1: that what, is there space still for tessa rolls?
0: I don't have any of those in the freezer.
1: Mm-hmm, okay, all right. carry on.
0: Let me tell you what, Teach. Have I got great news for you and for Mm -hmm. everyone else who wants a baby? Because I know that you want a baby, but also wants to keep their pizza rolls. It's time. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) It is time to check out black market babies.
1: Black market babies.
0: What? What? Black Market Babies is a brand new baby acquisition service offered by Dr. Kimberly Shaw. You may know Dr. Kimberly Shaw from her many previous entrepreneurial efforts housed in her building at the corner of Hollywood and Vine.
1: Oh, There's yes, so- I know Hollywood and Vine.
0: Oh, you know it better than anyone. You know who else knows something? Dr. Shaw. She knows what you're up against. And having defied the odds and multiple state and federal laws in her own quest to acquire a baby, she is ready to use her expertise to guide you through your own journey to a baby. Think of Dr. Shaw as your (laughs) friend. And your baby helper. Just like you have a friend for everything else in your life, right? Like, if you need your lawn mowed, you got Jim. He loves to cut the grass. You need to get the leaves raked? Call my dad. He loves raking leaves. You got all these other friends who can help get things done. Let Dr. Shah use her firsthand experience helping poor unfortunates along a wayward path. A path that directly led that baby into her beach
1: house. Okay, wait a minute. You said your dad loves raking leaves? He really does. You never mentioned that in the years I lived right by you?
0: I've mentioned that many times, and that tells me how often you're not... not
1: <laughs> Whatever. Carry on.
0: Anyway, is what Black Market babies doing illegal? Is it unscrupulous and depraved on a professional level? Will lots of people be appalled that you of all people would even think about such a thing? Sure. But, oh, it's easy for them to pass judgment when they have three healthy children of their own in a big freezer where they can put all their pizza rolls, isn't it? <laughs> Look, I... <laughs> Obviously, you're going to have some questions about how this works, and that's perfectly normal and natural. Getting a baby. You can visit <laughs> marketbabies.googoo to learn more. But really, it's probably for the best if you don't ask too many questions and don't put too much of this in your Google search history, okay? Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: hmm. Black market. Probably, Bab-
1: you probably should not be listening to this on iTunes either.
0: No, they're going to know. Mm hmm. Black market babies. You're buying a baby here. <laughs>
1: okay so i have just i so much so many questions
0: good, good. Um, i would imagine you.
1: okay so i want to reflect back to make sure i'm understanding the service i can go to black market babies and for anywhere between 2500 and 100000 dollars i will be buying a baby yes and will not have to give up precious freezer space
0: Yes, you're going to keep all that freezer space. You're not sticking your eggs in there. You're not sticking your sperm in there. Nothing but room for pizza rolls.
1: <laughs> it sounds so gross when you say sticking sperm in there.
0: <laughs> but not eggs?
1: <laughs> no, not eggs. I don't so know why. High.
0: I'm not bothered by that.
1: <laughs> How? Okay, so Mary, uh, I am, <clears throat> despite being a women's studies major. <laughs> and a, a, a well-regarded male feminist. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure how much space eggs take up. How, how big are these eggs? I, I perceive them to be rather small. Lady eggs? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're pretty small, but you're getting a bunch at once, ideally, I think. Okay,
1: but they're all in there. In where? In there, in the lady parts.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're freezing them.
1: For later. are like, okay, so when when... so when when an egg is ready to become fertilized
0: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. lady egg by the sperm does it Uh, is it just moving from like the collection like i imagine there's like almost like a, a human version of a jar and one comes out does it grow are they are they bigger are they just these little teeny tiny things that you're just plucking out with the little tweezers
0: i'm a little worried about the school system where you grew up
1: um, um, Can we just imagine yeah. I didn't pay much attention to this part?
0: <laughs> I suppose it wasn't all that relevant. Um, yeah, okay. So, Lady Eggs—they're riding yeah. around inside of ladies,
1: but, but they're having—they're the, living their best lives.
0: The ladies are living their best lives in this year of all years. Like, it's and just you should
1: crazy. know, and you should know, Ted Cruz believes each and every one of them is a the life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um glad we're thinking about him. That always makes me feel great. Um, so <laughs> ladies are the ladies are walking around and inside okay. they're yeah. so you've seen those little plastic Easter eggs like that you yeah. can not that's kind of yeah. what like on the inside of ladies. There's two of those and they're full of little tiny yes. eggs. It's I'm like,
1: familiar with ovaries and eggs. I get it. I get it. Yeah, right. The ovaries are in there.
0: It didn't sound like you were familiar. <laughs> with
1: it. Yes. And, and we're supposed to, instead of saying, like, why don't you nut up to say, like, get tough, we're supposed to say ova up, right? Like, so I get it. I'm understanding that. What I'm saying is, at the moment of fertilization, is the egg that's being fertilized, is it bigger than it had been the entirety of its life before when it was just riding around inside the lady? I don't think so. Okay, so these eggs, they can't take more, take up more space than a little Ziploc bag- baggie.
0: Well, it depends how many eggs you're putting in there.
1: All of them would fit in an ovum. I, so I, 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 how listen. packed is your freezer with pizza rolls? Is the question. It, it's like, really
0: oh, you... cool. this is an ongoing <laughs> problem with my house. You've heard about this before. Wow.
1: I, I do remember pizza roll parties because, oops, we have too many pizza rolls.
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to cook some because we got more. <laughs> listen, I'm just saying. For a lot of ladies, you, you don't if you if you're a lady. Or, or anyone with just you don't have a separate deep freeze in your house and all you have is a freezer above your refrigerator you have a finite quantity of space do you have room like I don't know what kind of freeze situation you have do you have room to be keeping all these firma there? <laughs> in there <depth. laughs>
1: listen black market Gugu, I, I might suggest perhaps I'm not a marketing major as is evidenced by the ad you're about to hear from me. <laughs> But might I suggest uh, a more compelling value proposition would be instead of saying you don't have space for an oversized container of eggs in your freezer, what would your pizza rolls? You could say, hey, if you work with us, you won't need to put sperm on your pizza rolls. (laughs)
0: Uh, I
1: think that's a better pitch.
0: I think part of the point you're missing is that you want a baby right now. If you (laughs) You got it at least over nine months of time. It's not as easy rules as to cook a baby. So if you want a baby right now, right now, black market babies,
1: black market babies, wide price range, a, a baby for every budget.
0: Well, they, they got to go with your budget, baby. And that's fine. That baby's <laughs> gonna be perfectly met at that price point. You're gonna can get you, uh,
1: can you again tell me the, the differences between the budget baby and the, the, the ultra baby?
0: Um you know it's gonna depend on what zip code that baby came from.
1: Oh
0: um, shit. The I'm just repeating back what the show said. I'm repeating what the show said. <laughs> um you know, is this baby listening to Mozart in the womb, or are they just listening to your belly rattle because you're hungry? Like, there's any number of variations here. Uh,
1: I can't believe you tried to describe ovaries to me.
0: (laughs) Well, you didn't sound like you knew what was going on. So, I'm trying to help
1: you. (laughs) Listen, uh, can I tell you a true story about a purchased baby? (laughs) Please do. (laughs) So, as I believe I've revealed, I've adopted my son.
0: Mm Mm-hmm
1: uh through the foster care system he was initially placed with us in foster care then moved to adoption
0: not Um, through black market babies
1: not through black market babies no no no. this was yeah lutheran social services which the supreme court would now allow them to refuse to let him be adopted by us but that's a whole nother fucking story fuck the supreme court they suck (sighs) they're worse than corporations anyway um I brought Logan in as a one to work. He was about two, maybe one and a half. And I was talking to a coworker. I won't say who, but he himself had been adopted as a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, you know, it looks like he's going, going to adoption. And he took a step back, looked my son up and down, which was a, you know, he was two. So that's not very far and said, Oh (laughs) yeah. He'd go fast blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't like this one bit. <laughs> it's, and do you know what I, what I disliked the most? Because I was like, hey, what? this baby is supposed to be bringing out the blue in my eyes.
0: Oh, God, Jesus. Oh, my God. <sighs> wow. Well, good listeners, again, if you are looking to buy yourself a baby... Black market babies, black You can learn everything you need to know. Again, probably don't put too much of this in your search history.
1: Okay, that was a, that was a detour.
0: <laughs> we went on a little trip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know what ovaries are.
0: Well, I mean, again, it didn't really sound like you knew. So.
1: I just the question was: when the egg is expelled from the ovary, does it grow? No. Okay. What? That was all I was asking, because you were making such a big deal about the space and oh, an egg takes up. <laughs> it doesn't exactly? take up a lot of space.
0: You got you're getting all kinds of eggs, hopefully. If you're putting room you kind of in my freezer for this.
1: It's no bigger than a bobo tea.
0: Please don't compare people's eggs to bobo teas for so many reasons. <laughs> Please don't do that. That makes me very uncomfortable on so many levels. <laughs>
1: And we'll actually stop it there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there?
1: <laughs> wait, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season.
0: So there's how many reboot seasons?
1: Just the one so far.
0: So far.
1: Okay. but there's also but then mary there's the the amazon has the true story of melrose place movie that we should cover
0: oh god how long yeah
1: and and no uh, uh, models inc has to be covered too
0: wait what the hell is models inc
1: it, it's a two-season spinoff
0: of what what do they of, of melrose place from the lady from dynasty
1: was on it i think
0: lady from dynasty my god this was like a whole industry
1: and I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from, is probably worth exploring.
0: I, I don't know if I agree with that.
1: <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Ally McBeal.
0: Does it have anything to do with the
1: content of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how do you really want to be an expert in this or not?
0: I mean, I think you know the answer to that.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>